Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. How would you characterize your faith? Are you a person of strong faith? Is your faith in the Lord weak or wavering? Maybe it's a combination of the two, falling somewhere in the middle. Today, John will share about the strength of his mother's faith as she faced a diagnosis of cancer. In light of this potentially devastating news, Dottie's trust in the Lord will truly inspire you. First, however, we will see a contrasting faith, that of the Apostle Thomas, sometimes called Doubting Thomas. Please get your Bible and turn to John chapter 20 for today's edition of Peace by Believing. Thomas's doubts separated him from God's presence. Think about that. When Jesus walked through that, that, into that room on that Easter Sunday night, Thomas wasn't there to see Jesus. Because he had, his doubts had separated him from God's presence. Not only that, his doubts had separated him from God's people. He was not with the other disciples. We would say it this way. He was not in church. And there are a lot of people who are separated from God's intimate presence and from God's people because they've allowed their doubts to, to paralyze them and freeze them. They're not pursuing faith. They're just stuck in their doubt. And not only that, Thomas's doubts had separated him from God's peace. Again, when Jesus walked in that room, what did he say to those disciples? He said, peace to you. He's just dishing out peace. He's giving these disciples peace, and their hearts are being filled with peace because Jesus is there. But Thomas wasn't being filled with peace. He was cut off from that. He had allowed his doubts to put him in a corner and to cut him off from God's presence, from God's people, and from God's peace. And so what I'm saying to you today, if you're doubting something in your life, you're questioning God on some matter, at least give yourself this today. You are in God's house with God's people singing songs to God, studying God's Word, and you today are in a position to, meet, to move out of doubt and into faith. Whereas, those of you who are doubting something today, questioning God on some issue in your life, it would have been easy for you just to say, if God were good, He never would allow this into my life. If God cared anything about me and my family, he would no way he would allow us to go through this. And so if this is what it is to be a Christian, if this is all I get out of following God, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to just take a little break from this God thing. I'm going to take a little break from prayer, from reading the Bible. I'm going to take a little break from getting up on Sunday morning and going to church. I'm, yeah, and there are a lot of people who do that. But what I'm saying to you today is you haven't done that. Here you sit. Doubt and all, doubts and all. And so you this morning are in a position to come out of doubt and into faith. You see, that's what Jesus did with Thomas. He, met, he listened to his doubts. He heard his doubts. But tenderly, passionately, Jesus led him out of doubt and he led him into faith. Now, let's continue to read and let's just see how Jesus went about dealing with with Thomas's doubts in verse number 26. Now, a week earlier, Thomas has said, I will not believe unless I can see the, print, the nail prints in his hands. So here we are in verse 26. After eight days, his disciples were again inside. They're back in this same room, but watch this, and Thomas with them. 
And so now Thomas is at least back with the church. He's back with the believers. He's pursuing faith. And as he's pursuing faith, what happens? Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. So he's, see, he's meeting Thomas at the point of his doubt. He's saying to Thomas, okay, Thomas, if, if, if what it's going to take for you to come to faith in me is that you see the nails in my hands and the, 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 uh, the imprint in my side where that sword was, go ahead, look, put your hand here, put your fingers here. But notice what Jesus said at the end of verse 27. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, Thomas, I understand your doubts. I know all about you. I made you. I've been with you these three years. I know you have a heart for me. You're passionate. You're spiritually minded. You're honest in your doubt. You refuse to play like you believe something that you don't believe. But now, Thomas, you've been over here in this boat of doubt long enough. And what I'm saying to you, Thomas, is I'm showing you the prints in my hands inside. It is time for you to come out of doubt and into faith. And when Thomas saw the nail prints in his hand, look at the great confession he gave in verse 28. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. What was Thomas saying? He was saying, Lord, now I'm convinced. Now I've seen the prints in your hands, and now I can see it with my eyes, and now I believe that you are the Christ, you're the Son of God, you're the Savior of the world, you're risen from the dead, now I can believe. Now, the mistake Thomas made, see, the good thing about Thomas, he insisted on being sure. The problem Thomas made was, he insisted on being sure on his own terms. Now, Jesus was gracious, and Jesus met those terms, and he showed him his, the nail prints and so on. But see, being sure is a good thing. For those of you here today who are not sure that you're saved, for example, you say, well, I'm just, I doubt that. I wonder about that a lot. I, I'm just not sure that I'm saved. Well, if you're not sure that you're saved, it's better to be honest and say, I'm not sure that I'm saved, than to say, I'm sure that I'm saved. If you're not sure that you're saved, see, that wouldn't be good. You'd be lying. So it's good to be honest, but Thomas wanted to be sure on his own terms. See, the best thing Thomas could have done on that Easter, that first night, that Easter night, he could have just said, I haven't seen Jesus yet, but he told us three different times on the way to Jerusalem, he was going to be crucified, and the third day he would rise from the dead. We saw him be crucified. The tomb is empty. I believe Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. In, I, I can't stress this strongly enough. Insisting on being sure is a good thing. Insisting on being sure on your own terms is a bad thing. Let me give you this example. Let's play like after the sermon is over with, my dad comes up to me right here at the front of this altar, and he says, John, he said, strange thing happened this morning on the way to church. He said, I was thinking about you. And he said, I have put 10 $100 bills on your desk thousand dollars. And so when you get back to the, uh, your office today, look on your desk and you're going to see a thousand dollars on your desk. Now here's the question. How can I be sure that he has done that? Well, there are two ways. One way is that I could just run out of this room and run back to my office and look on that desk. And when I saw it with my eyes, I would say, now I'm sure there I see 10, $100 bills. So I'd be sure. The other way would be for me to say, if my dad told me, he's my father, if he said to me, there's $1,000 on your desk, 
I don't have to see it. I just believe it. The point is, if my earthly father said, there's $1,000 on your desk, okay? Well, I say to myself, well, I want to be sure it's there. Well, it's good to be sure. We should always want to be sure. So here's the question. How can I be sure? Thomas would have said, the only way that you can know there are $1,000 on your desk is to go in your office and look and see it with your eyes. And God would say, there's a better way to be sure. You don't have to see it with your eyes. Your Father has spoken, and you can take His Word by faith. In fact, in verse 29, that's what, this is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. In fact, if you are a Bible verse memorizer, this 29th verse, this is a beautiful verse. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. And so he, see, Jesus knew that's what it would take. So he led Thomas out of the boat of doubt and into the boat of faith. He led him to faith. He said, that's what it took for you to believe. But look at this next verse. If you just want to, or this next sentence. If you just want to memorize one sentence out of this verse, here it is. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That word blessed means, that's the word Jesus used in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are are the, uh, the merciful. All these different things. Well, Jesus is saying here, here's here's how you can be blessed. And that means to be happy and joyful and peaceful and contented and okay out there in life, whatever goes your way. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And you know what? That's us. We've not seen Jesus. I have never seen the physical body of Jesus Christ. I've not seen his hands. I've not seen his side. I've not seen those scars. No, but I do believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, died on the cross to pay for our sins, was buried. Three days rose. Three days later, he rose up out of that grave. I believe that. Now, I've not seen it. I don't have visual proof, but you know what? I've got something better than visual proof. I have the confirming peace of God in my heart that what I'm believing is true. And so this verse, just just look at that last sentence. Let me read it again. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Say that with me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We've not seen and we don't see. See, not only have we not seen the physical body of Jesus... We get out there in life many times, we can't see, we don't see, we're unable to see. God, what are you doing in my life? God, how could your promises be true? God, how could this be part of your plan for me? God, if you're sovereign, how could this be part of your providence for my life? God, where's your presence at this time? God, I don't see it. What Jesus says to us, I know you don't see it. See, here's what Jesus is saying to many people in this room today. He's saying, I fully realize that you can't see me. You can't see me in your life. He's also saying, you can't see what I'm doing. You can't see what I'm up to. You can't see the purpose I have in mind. You can't see all the good things that I want to bring out of this situation. You can't see any of it. All you can see is the situation itself. And the situation itself is raising question marks, doubts, red flags, all kind of issues in your life. And God says to you today, I know you can't see it. But you'll be blessed if you believe anyway. You'll be blessed if you trust anyway. You'll be blessed if you believe me anyway. You'll be filled with joy and peace if you believe anyway. As I was thinking about this message this week and about old doubting Thomas, I just, I love him because he was so honest in his doubt. 
I was thinking about what would be the best illustration for me to use to illustrate believe, you know, believing and trusting God when you can't see what's going on. And so, as, as you know by now, my mom has been having uh, what, she, what we all thought were some minor health issues for the last period of time. And so, a few weeks ago, my dad took her to, uh, they went to her urologist, and when they were driving down there, they were thinking he was going to adjust her antibiotic or do something very minor, and they weren't expecting anything bad. And while she was there, the doctor said, uh, to her, said, Dottie, I want to just do a CAT scan. We're going to do a CAT scan. She had known it before she went. Said, I want to just do a CAT scan and make sure there's not something more serious going on in your body than, than, what, than what we're treating here. And he said, I'm not expecting to find anything, but I just want to do that. And so they, ran a, they did a CAT scan. And, and after the scan, she met with the doctor, and he pulled the scan up on, her, on his computer screen. And he said, I have to be honest with you. He said, what I have found here is, is, is not good. He had been treating her for something very minor, and, and, uh, which she needed treatment for that. But when he saw the image on that CAT scan, he said, this is not very good. And she said, well, what do you mean? What do you think it is? He says, well, he said, we won't know for sure what this mass is on your kidney. She has a large renal mass. On, it's on her right kidney. And he said, we won't be sure what this is until we do a biopsy. He said, but I have to be honest with you. I think you have lymphoma. And so he said, I'm going to connect you with a particular doctor. And we ended up going to, or she did, to MD Anderson just to have all these tests run. And so it had just, it just shocked our family. You can imagine, like my dad said to me, he said, you know, John, the day we were driving down to that urologist, we were, he said, we spent the whole day talking about where we were going to have lunch after the visit was over with. We weren't expecting anything serious. And we go in there, and he said, the nurse came into the lobby and said, uh, Dr. Edmund, could you come back here, and the doctor needs to visit with you. He knew something wasn't good. They went back there, and they found out that it's a, poss- it's a probable lymphoma diagnosis. So it just shocked us, just like it, many, many of you have been through a similar thing in your family, in your life, and you know what it's like to, to hear the word cancer, and, and it, just, it just shocks you, and you think, this, this is like a bad dream. This can't really be happening. Well... A couple of weeks ago, we went to our first appointment at MD Anderson. I picked my parents up and drove them down there, and, and we got in the room, and the nurse came in and started, you know, talking to my mom, asking her some questions, and, and uh, of course, we're just still kind of in a fog that this is even happening. And she said to my mom, she said, Miss Redmond, do you need a chaplain for any reason? Do you need a chaplain to talk to? <laughs> And she said to that doctor, she said, no, these are my two pastors. I brought both of my pastors down here with me today. She said, I don't think I need a chaplain. I looked over at my dad, and I knew what he was thinking. I wanted to say, we need a chaplain. <laughs> She's doing fine. We can't stop crying. And, uh, and, but I didn't say anything, and so we finished that visit. And, you know, through this whole thing, it's been, it's been, it's been an experience. My mom went for her bone marrow scan a few days ago, and thankfully that came back good. That came back clear. But she went to the bone marrow, and she, I was, me and my mom and dad, we were going in there, and she goes up to the counter to check in. She's just dressed, you know, very nice, nicely like she normally would, and just her normal, bubbly, perky, happy self, and she goes up and tells them her name. She says, I'm here for my test, and the, this is the truth. The receptionist looked up at my mom and said, are you the patient? Are you the patient? You look so good. She said, I am the patient. I'm here to get my bone marrow done. So they got it done. And 
Last week on Wednesday, we went back to meet with the doctor to get the results from the bone marrow, and she'd had a PET scan as well. And Joel was with us on that visit, so it's all of us in the room, and, and the nurse came in, and, and the nurse starts asking my mom, I bet she asked her 50 questions about how she's feeling. Do you have chills? Do you have fever? Do you have night sweats? Do you have any chest pain? Are you lightheaded? Are you dizzy? And my mother, to all these questions, no, 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 no. That nurse got finished. I said, ma'am, I have a lot of those symptoms myself. <laughs> I said, she's feeling fine, but I want you, could you examine me? And uh, my family looked at me like, would you shut up? This is a very serious thing. But... Uh, so this is all happening, and the nurse goes out, and the doctor comes in, and the assistant doctor comes in, and they're giving my mother this report. And, and they said to her, they said, the doctor said, Mr. Edmund, really, I think you have lymphoma. She said, but we're not going to know for sure till you get the biopsy, and the biopsy's not scheduled till Friday. She had that this past Friday, and she said, it's going to take about four days for that biopsy to come back. But she said, I've been doing this a long time. I, I, I can't be 100% until we get the biopsy, but I think it's lymphoma. And she said, if the biopsy confirms that, what you're going to need to do next Wednesday is come to MD Anderson, have your visit with me. She said, we'll set up an appointment to put an IV in your vein and a kind of like a pick line there. And she said, as soon as our visit's over, we're going to check you. You're going to be admitted immediately into MD Anderson. The size of this mass, I just don't want to wait any longer. And you're going to start chemotherapy next Wednesday. And so we're just sitting there listening to that, and, and you know, your, your emotions are just all over the place. And my mother had said, do you think I'll lose my hair? That was the main thing she was concerned about. <laughs> and the doctor said, yeah, I think you probably will, but it'll grow back. And so the doctor's giving this report, and, and, and we're just sitting there. And the doctor says to my mother, she said, Miss Redmond, do you have any questions? And my mom said, no, I don't have any questions. But she said, there's one thing I'd like to say, if I could. And this blessed my heart so much. I asked my mother earlier this week, I said, Mom, when I get to this point in the sermon, would you mind just coming up there and telling the congregation what you said to that doctor? She said, yes, I would mind very much. <laughs> and she said, I want you to do it. She said, you'll say it better than I would. I said, no, I'll say it worse than you would. You said it well. I'm going to try to get close to what you said. My mother said to that doctor, that's me, my dad, my mom, my brother, the doctor, and the doctor's assistant. We're in this room. And I only cried one time last week, by the way. <laughs> one time. And I say that to say there was something for our family about being in church last Sunday with our church family that gave us incredible peace and strength. And that's another sermon for another day. My mother said to that doctor, I don't have any questions. But there's just one thing I'd like to say, if you have just a minute. Doctor said, we have all the time you need. My mother said, well, first of all, doctor, I want to thank you for letting me be one of your patients. She said, I know you're busy and you have a lot of people who need your attention. She said, I admire and respect you deeply for devoting your life to treating this particular cancer. And I want you to know that I have ultimate confidence in whatever you say. And whatever you say, I'm going to do. She said, but doctor, it is very important for me just to say one thing to you. She said, I'm a Christian. And I believe with all my heart 
that before I was ever born, God numbered out how many days that I would live. And God wrote that number in a book. And she said, I don't know what that number is, and I don't know when my last day will be. She said, I'm praying to God that he would use you and that he would touch me himself and that God would heal me of this lymphoma. And she said, not only am I praying for that, I'm trusting God to do that. But she said, Doctor, I just want you to know I'm a Christian. I trust Jesus with all my heart. And whichever way this thing goes, I'm going to be just fine. And then, after saying that, she said, Doctor, would it be okay if we just have a word of prayer and commit this whole process to the Lord? The doctor said, that'd be fine. And she looked up and called on me, and she said, John, you lead us in prayer. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. I mean, whatever, I'm, hey, you call me a mama's boy, I'm going to say thank you for that. Because <laughs> next to calling me a Christian, there's not anything better you could call me than a mama's boy. She said, John, you lead us in prayer. And I did. And the visit ended. And we went on. And as I've looked back on that this week, I thought to myself, you know, if you could take my mother's whole life, everything she's tried to teach us and everything she's tried to live, and just reduce it down to one episode, I think that, in a nutshell, is my mom's faith. What was she saying in that doctor's office the other day? She was saying, I can't see what God's doing. I don't understand why God's allowed this into my life. But I'm a Christian. And I am making a decision to put both of my feet in the boat of faith. And whatever happens, I am trusting Jesus. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, blessed are those happy, peaceful, joyful strong, who have not seen, who cannot see, who don't see, but yet believe. And I want to say to you today, that's a story out of our families. That's a, tr that's a leaf off the tree of our family right for right now. But I want to say that fits you too. Whatever you're going through, if you will make a decision to put both of your feet in that boat of faith, Jesus will fill your heart with peace and joy and strength beyond anything you've ever known. And you know what? Whatever happens, everything's going to be all right. Amen? I would think we would all long for a stronger faith, but sometimes we can feel like we're all alone in this life. If you feel that way today, John has written a book entitled Never Alone, and I believe it would really help you out. You can find it on our website at www. .peacebybelieving.org slash booklets and look for that title, Never Alone. There you will also find other booklets to help you strengthen your walk with the Lord. Maybe today you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure if I even have a relationship with the Lord. If that is the case, you can place your trust in the Lord right now. You, all you have to do is say this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me. I repent of my sins and I ask you to save me? Jesus, I trust you to do what I've asked you to do. I trust you to save me. In your name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, God has heard you, and God has saved you. 
The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says that the angels in heaven are rejoicing over your decision. I encourage you to begin walking each day with the Lord. Read your Bible daily and find a good local church where God's word is taught. We would also love to rejoice with you. Go to the website, click on that contact us tab and send us an email or you can email us at info at peacebybelieving.org or you can call us at 1-800-337-0157. Thank you for spending some time with us today and we look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.